It's time for Crack the Customer Code, the ultimate podcast to help you unlock the secrets to understanding and connecting with your customers. Now, it's time for your hosts, the wonder twins of customer experience, Adam Toporek and Jeannie Walters. Hey, Adam. Hi, Jeannie. Hi, I have a question for you. Of course you do. <laughs> what is that? Do you remember VHS tapes? Of course, sure, yes. I know some of our listeners don't. <laughs> Isn't that scary? Yeah, you're you're lucky. You're 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 okay. Some of the things you missed were good. VHS tapes, you're okay having missed them. <laughs> but our guest today, Lisa Ford, she we heard from a little birdie that yep. <laughs> she was one of the pioneers of customer service training and actually pioneered the idea of recorded training. And she did this with VHS tapes that were incredibly successful. And a lot of organizations probably still have some of those around with Lisa Ford on them. Yep. I mean, it's one thing to talk bad about the technology, but the content's a different issue. And yeah, Lisa has <laughs> absolutely brought, um, you know, she's, she's really set the set the path for a lot of us, especially me. You mm -hmm. know, I, I have a focus on that area. And uh, she's got such incredible insight and wisdom into customer service and customer experience and has been sharing it, you know, with some of the biggest companies in the world, which I'm sure we'll hear about uh, when we get to the bio. Yeah. Well, how about I do that? How about I just jump in? You want to do that? Yeah, let's do that because it's a great conversation that I think everybody's going to get a lot out of. So let me tell you a little bit about our amazing guest. Lisa Ford is known for her work on customer issues. That's the understatement of the year. I just added that. That's my edit. <laughs> Her ideas help companies create customer-focused cultures and keep customers loyal. She is a speaker and author with over 20 years of experience presenting to businesses, associations, and government. Lisa is the author of the videotape series, How to Give Exceptional Customer Service, the number one selling DVD series in the U.S. for over three years. Lisa designs content personalized to the audience and issues they face. She has also customized numerous videos for clients to use in their ongoing education efforts. Lisa's experience includes working with Pfizer, Viacom, Edward Jones, CSX, Kaiser Permanente, which is really fun to say, Morton's of Chicago, excellent steak, First American Title and American Veterinary Medical Association. Lisa, hey, welcome to Crack the Customer Code. We are so happy you are here. Great. Thanks, Adam. It's certainly good to be with you. Thanks for joining us, Lisa. I can't wait to jump into this with you because you have such an amazing resume around all of this that I think it's going to be a great discussion. So thanks for being here. Thanks, Jimmy. And Sure. And you talk about one of the things I love that you talk about, actually, is this idea of tough questions organizations and leaders need. They need to be asking these questions to improve in customer service. So can you share with us some of those tough questions that you talk about? I certainly will. And they don't sound that tough, but I think they are <laughs> because most don't do the hard work needed. And the first mm -hmm. question is, where are you hard to do business with? And, you know, today's time, so many people are talking about creating that effortless experience. And that really is what this is getting at. So where are you hard to do business with? And are you underestimating the customer's journey? 
And I think it's so important as you really start to answer that question, you don't just think about what are you putting your customer through to get service, answers, solutions from you, but how are they feeling as they're going through that journey? Because the real goal is to decrease the friction, get rid of any of the hassles at all channels to your organization. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I think it's really important to just sit back and say, wait a minute, where are we making our customers repeat information? What's going on with channel switching from one to another? How often are we asking them to transfer and be transferred? You know, are we possibly being a little robotic with the service that we're providing them? And if we're really honest with ourselves, when we answer where are we hard to do business with, I think we will get at some answers there. That's one question. There are certainly others. The second one is, What's the cost of a small mistake? <laughs> you're, you're, you're right. It's, it sounds easy when you ask That's it, right? right? That's right. And I'll, I'll keep going right through them if you let me. Um, because you know, yeah, the, the yeah, second absolutely. one is real simple, which is um, what's the cost of a small mistake? And really, could you be one small mistake away from losing the customer? And, you know, a small mistake might be you mess up on an invoice. There's a delay in getting back to the customer or shipping out something. So we've got to really look at that. It, it goes back to even where you're hard to do business with, possibly something about your website, something with social media. Again, asking the customer repeat information. Third question, what's your weakest link? And your weakest link could be a person. And the person who's not trained, there, you know, no knowledge, no real good knowledge to help the customer. Could it be somebody who's just arrogant and just irritating? <laughs> Don't you comment, Jeannie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just irritating to ask your customers to have to deal with that kind of person. So those three questions, I think, are really crucial for companies to ask themselves and for departments. So where are you hard to do business with? Sit down with your team, get some answers. What's the cost of a small mistake? And what is your weakest link? So I, that's what my tough questions are. You can always then turn it and move to a positive question then, which is, what is your point of difference? Because I think, as we all know, that customer experience has to be one that's memorable, or again, your customers are only concerned with price only. So you got to focus on the fundamentals, be great at the basics, but then move to a point of difference, something that's really going to cause your customer to advocate for you, uh, to be enthusiastic about you, to create buzz. So that's then the fourth question that I think most organizations need to really sit down and look at in order to stand out. You know so, what's funny about that? Yeah. Sorry, Adam. No, go ahead. Um, that first question about where are where is it hard to do business with us? If you ask the question, a lot of times they know right away. Like everybody's, everybody knows like, oh, people hate when this happens or people hate our return process or whatever it is. And I always find that kind of interesting because if you know about it, <laughs> why aren't you doing anything about it? Yeah, well, you know Just what? <laughs> asking the question is such an important step in that. So I love that you put that out there in that way. Yeah. Here's the thing. Who always knows is the front line. The question right. is, does, does, do the leaders know? A lot of times they do though. A lot of times they do, I think, but they... Yeah, a lot of times they do, but I think in some cases they're not willing to do some of the hard work. Yeah. 
to really smooth out that friction, the processes, the systems that are required to make it better, to truly mm -hmm. serve that customer. So I do think mm -hmm. in many cases they do get it. And as we all well know, gosh, it's, you know, this subject has been talked about for so long, all those silos that exist in organizations. Mm -hmm. And again, many people still haven't done enough to really break down those barriers and walls from, you know, marketing to sales to service and, and from, you know, the help desk people, you know, whatever it may be, because there's, you know, brilliance that can really be created once we're all talking with each other and making our customer experience yeah. so much Amen. So, question on the, so on the weakest link question, how do you approach that? Is it, uh, you know, sort of multivariable in other words, is it, uh, who's your weakest link as a person? What's your weakest link in the journey? What's your weakest link operationally? What's your weakest link from the customer's perspective? Is there a certain approach you take? You know, that Adam, question? you just did a great list of exactly what you should do. I mean, again, because it might be, you know, what is your weakest link to who is your weakest link? And I think all those have to be identified. Now, again, with the person one, that in many cases is a tough one for people to sit down and say, you know, I'm going to confront it. And you know, it's got to be done because sometimes that one person is creating chaos uh, with, with the team, you know, or the arrogance of someone that then some of your customers or clients really don't want to deal with that individual. So the, the person one's got to be dealt with. And then if it's more of a systematic or a process, then again, we've got to sit there, lay it out and ask, what are we putting our customer through that's causing them at some times to just say, I'm done. You know, I, I cannot take this any further with this organization. And in many cases, options are just a few clicks away, you know, in business to business, in some cases, not quite so easy to say, I'm going to pick up and take my business elsewhere, but certainly business to consumer. Well, that's so interesting because the <laughs> the world today is super competitive. And I think somehow leaders don't always get that. They feel like, you know, they're they're they have had these customers for such a long time. Everybody kind of falls into these rhythms and these patterns. And one of the things that you have talked about, I know, is creating a customer focused culture and kind of tying that to momentum of team meetings. And I thought that was a really interesting way to do it. So I, I'm wondering if you can expound on that a little bit as far as how do we really maintain that momentum with team meetings and keep everybody really focused on that customer experience and delivering for yeah, that Jeannie, customer? It's, as you were just saying, though, I think it is so easy to not stay focused on this. I, I use a line in a keynote presentation, which is, you know, we're so busy being busy. And that often then we don't focus, mm -hmm. <laughs> but the best organizations are really saying, how do we keep taking it to that next level and really keep the focus on our culture? And I think meetings are a great place to do it. And your customer experience is truly a reflection of your culture. So meetings are a great place and an opportunity to reinforce th that culture. Uh, I think you've got to have a champion. Uh, you all know that. You've got to have somebody in the organization who is willing to keep customer experience, customer loyalty, asking those tough questions, 
constantly on the agenda. I, I think too often we really have a temporary focus. You know, many organizations kind of jumping around. You know, they, they jump around from kind of let's let's focus on the customer this aspect this month, and now let's create a new slogan for this month, and this is going to be the year of. And you know, employees don't engage very well with that when it seems temporary. And I don't think they will stay on task. So you've got to have a champion who at team meetings, and team meetings can be team huddles, you know, six minutes, four minutes, 12 minutes, doesn't have to be, let's have this long meeting, long agenda, but you've got to have a champion who sits down and keeps customer experience on the agenda. They remind that team of why we're here, what we do, what's our purpose. They're constantly looking for opportunities to reward those team members sitting there around a table, standing up in a quick huddle. And when I say reward, they're recognizing great customer experiences that that team member has done. And with examples, I think examples are so important because then the employees and the rest of the employees that may not be delivering a great customer experience, now they hear a definition of expected behavior. They have an example of expected behavior. So in those huddles, you're celebrating. Um, Adam, you mentioned something a few moments ago about when you ask where are we hard to do business with, guess who has the answers? It's the employees. So in those meetings, in those huddles, you ask, what do we need to get rid of? What are some of our processes, our systems, our paperwork, our meetings that we don't need to be doing? We could eliminate, we could streamline, we could change so that we are able to create a customer experience. But, you know, the best leaders listen and they really ask for that feedback and they're willing to act on that feedback. So I think meetings are really important to keep the momentum going. You've got to sit down, you've got to have the face-to-face -face, um, with those team members on a very regular basis. Uh, Jeannie, you're going to have to show oh. me how to use an applause <laughs> emoji. I think we need applause. That's right. <laughs> So I, I'll say, I, I'm going to have to dig back. There's a lot to unpack in what you just said, but one, I, I have to go back and say you, you really spoke to my heart a little bit uh, when you talked about how scattered it can be and the initiatives of the month and all that. So the, the first blog post I wrote this year in 2019 was called The Customer Experience Not To-Do List. And it was literally about how distracted we get in this business of customer service and customer experience, both by chasing the shiny objects and because we're in an urgency business, right? Things just are popping up all the time. So I loved that idea of not only having the focus, but keeping your team focused on these principles. So the question I want to ask, the follow-up to that is, once you have them focused, how do you keep them engaged? Well, you know, again, engagement is just so important in today's time. And I'm, you know, I don't think we're going to be able to engage all of them at every moment. But to me, in order to deliver a great customer experience, you've got to have an employee who has a desire. And, you know, some people might call it passion. Boy, it's tough to always get that passion out of the employees, but you've got to have the desire plus the skill set. So do they kind of know what to do and do they have the internal desire and motivation to do it in order to get them to truly kind of 
own a customer experience. So, you know, what do you do? I think to engage employees, you have to help them feel connected to the purpose of the organization. I mentioned in meetings, it's a great opportunity to remind them of who we are, what we're doing, why we're here. I mean, like at Cleveland Clinic, uh, you know, in a fantastic, highly, highly rated healthcare system. Even the housekeeping, janitorial, facilities staff, if you ask them what is their purpose, they would say to keep patients safe. They know it. Mm -hmm. They own it. They're a part of the overall. And I think every single employee has to feel that. So that, that's one thing to engage. You've got to help people feel connected. I think we've got to provide enough training uh, so people do know what it is they are supposed to be doing, what you're asking of them. And I want them to be able to even anticipate the customer's next question, sometimes called forward resolve, um, so that we avoid the next phone call, the next you know, entry into our system. And I think when people feel competent and trained, and we've really truly empowered them, they're more likely to be engaged. We've made it easy for them, you know, to basically kind of do the right thing. Um, there's certainly all kinds of other things, you know, to engage people, they've got to feel informed. If they know what's going on, it also helps keep rumors down. It creates an atmosphere of trust. They feel more involved. Um, and then with that information, I think, they will even feel more appreciated. An engaged employee wants to feel appreciated. They want to think their work's meaningful. So, you know, just all those packaged together, and I know it's just merely a bullet point list, but that's how we keep people engaged. And as a, as, as a champion of your team, you've got to check yourself to make sure, are you truly doing that Can every single day? Because this is an everyday discipline that you've got to keep top of mind if you're going to keep your team members engaged. Well, that's great. And I love that you I love that you connect those dots because I think that's something that a lot of organizations think very big about this stuff, but they don't pull it down into that everyday effort of really keeping the right people involved and keeping them engaged in this way that you know, maintains that momentum that moves the company forward and does the right thing by customers. And so to shift a little bit here, I, I think that it's fair to say that you have practiced what you preach when it comes to everyday excellence. You have had a remarkable career and your list of achievements is too long for me to speak here, but I'm wondering as we wrap up here, what are a few things that you would attribute that to? What are some of the ways that you, um, what are some of the tips I guess you have for success for our listeners right now? Gosh, th thank you, Jeannie. It's very kind of you. Uh, you know, one of the biggest words that I live life by is the word resilience. Mm. I think it's very important to be a resilient person. And that certainly means that you have the right attitude about things. Not always easy, but I do think that attitude has to be one that I can, I can make things happen. 
I can overcome issues, obstacles. And that's one of the things that I think has probably been most important to me. Um, I have real high expectations of myself. And I make certain that I every day am doing things to fulfill those expectations. Uh, and what are the, some of those things? I, I believe I've got to have a lot mm -hmm. of hustle in me, constantly learning, do my homework. Uh, to be successful with clients and all, I've got to stay connected. I think one of the most powerful skills that I can use with clients, friends, family, is the skill of listening. I think that makes a huge difference in how we move forward, kind of what we do, who we are, is to be somebody who truly kind of listens. And you know, the, the, some of those things, I guess, have helped me get where I am and feel comfortable with what I do every day to continue to, I hope, have that mm -hmm. success. Well, I don't think there's any doubt, just so you know. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, these were some great insights, and it's so cool. And I have to tell a little story because everybody loves stories. So I got to know Lisa because we ended up stuck. And I'll say Lisa ended up stuck. I ended up with the privilege of being next to her on an airplane for quite a while. <laughs> I don't know, it took like two hours before we took off or something, Lisa. Oh, it, it was a good long time. I, I admire you for remembering. If it was two hours, it certainly felt <laughs> It was forever, yes. <laughs> it was very long. We were heading the same, and we were actually heading to the same place. So we got to speaking, and uh, you were extremely gracious and, and extremely gracious to spend your time with us today. So thank you so much, Lisa. Please uh, let our listeners know where they can find you if they want to connect, uh, learn about your speeches, all that good stuff. Very easy, lisaford.com. That's my website. You can also connect with me via email right there. I love hearing great service stories, uh, any questions that people have, uh, some of your own insights that I can weave into some of my presentations or keynotes. I love hearing from folks. Thanks for asking. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing everything with our listeners. We really, really appreciate it, Lisa. Well, you all provide great content. It was a pleasure to be a part of it. Oh, thanks so much, Lisa. Thank you. Whew. Well, hopefully, you know, one of these days, Adam, you and I are going to be like, we don't need to do a podcast anymore. Everybody gets this stuff. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, Jeannie. But, <laughs> but in the meantime, <laughs> Have you conversations, <laughs> conversations like this are so important because Lisa really took that idea, those kind of big macro ideas, and she distills them into this idea of like everyday effort, everyday excellence. How do we reinforce it? How do we really connect with the people who are delivering it? And all of that, we all need to hear that over and over and over again. And I just love the way she kind of connected those dots. You're just proud of yourself for for restraining yourself when she asks, who's your weakest link or what's your weakest link? <laughs> I, I, I know what you're thinking. What? Who, me? I would yeah. never. What? I never. <laughs> me? Never. <laughs> Bless your heart, Adam. Yeah. You know what? You got to be from down here to say it right. I'm I know. I know. <laughs> My Chicago accent does not serve me with that one. <laughs> yeah, you're not pulling it off, but it's all right. No, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, some great insights. And I, you know, I love the idea of first principles. And that's what I like the, the questions, those tough questions mm -hmm. that sound easy. 
oh, they yeah. sound like, oh, yeah, that sure, of course, we all know that, right? Uh, wh- whenever it's we all know that, you know, you know, it's hard to do, right? Right. <laughs> <It's hard to laughs> uh, so yeah, I think there's some really great takeaways. It was just so, so fantastic getting to know Lisa and having her on the show. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, thank you to Lisa for being here and sharing all of her wonderful insights with us. And thank you, listener, for being here as well. We really appreciate you. Don't we, Adam? 100%. And I promise you, listener, you are not the weakest link in this podcast. <laughs> we won't say who is, but it's not you. We all know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> See, if you just leave it hanging there, then people can fill in the blanks the way they want to. <laughs> well, we we do appreciate you, listener. And I agree that you are not our weakest link, of course. And of course, our biggest, boldest, strongest links are subscribers. Do you like that segue? That was uh, nice. <laughs> our subscribers are so important to us. They get the newly released episodes. We hear from them when we are a little late releasing things. So thank you for that feedback. Never. And our undying gratitude every week. We we so appreciate it. So if you have not yet subscribed, please go to iTunes, go wherever you listen to this podcast and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Be sure to check out all the amazing business content at c-suiteradio.com and c-suitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our trademarked customer experience investigation process, a.k.a. CXI, and more at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Dvork, and you can learn more about me, my keynote speaking customer service workshops and training and our strategic advisory for customer experience at customersvetstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.